From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's podcast is going to be pretty interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> Todd and I actually talk a little bit about preparing for the podcast in advance. We actually share some ideas about things we're going to talk about beforehand, which is interesting. And so uh, <laughs> we are at uh, one today that involves Will in Los Angeles, California. He owns a stock 03 Subaru WRX and it needs some work. So we're going to talk about what we think he should do next. And yep. then we're also talking to Iggy, Ignacio in Brazil. Iggy, hello. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for listening. And we are going to discuss your car. You've also got a heavily modded WRX as well. And uh, got, some, got some ideas for you there as well. So it should be, uh, should be fun. It's, it's an all WRX-themed episode. But here's the thing. The, the theme is not buy a WRX. It's actually another of our if-not-then discussions. This is if not the WRX, then what? Yeah. And the reason we're discussing that is because, honestly, guys, you would not believe. Thank you for so many of you sending us emails. That is TV at Gmail. Yeah. That is the place to send your car debates. And thank you for joining us and sending them in. But here's the thing. I would bet you, honestly, Paul, 30% plus of the emails we get are people going, hey, <laughs> should I buy a WRX? We could almost make this the WRX podcast. And we don't want to do that. Yeah, we so really So this don't. podcast, we're really going to talk, if not the WRX, then what? And so, also, these two guys have got WRXs and looking for their next things. We thought we'd put them all together and talk about kind of the WRX, non-WRX episode of the of the car debate. It's pretty funny because you think this is the WRX podcast, but it isn't because we're going to talk about everything else that isn't the Subaru WRX, which I like. And to your point, we get so many emails about that car. Don mm -hmm. and I have joked about actually <laughs> the people who write in, should I buy that? Yes. Should I buy the Subaru? Yes. Done. The end. Moving oh, on. I mean, the, the the truth of it is, look, that car in some ways is a complete anomaly and, and by itself in the market because, okay, for twenty five grand in your pocket, certainly thirty at the most, you can get yourself a car that's kind of like nothing else. Now we're going to try to talk true. about other options, but all wheel drive, performance focused car with some decent four seats of, of room, and it's going to be fairly reliable. And you can buy them used, you can buy them new, they can mod them into oblivion, you can leave them stock. It's just a car that kind of does everything in a way that few cars do. I understand. If you're if you an enthusiast, yes. you live in the snow belt, you go, <laughs> should I buy a WRX? And it's hard for us to say anything other than, well, yeah. It's the 31 so flavors about... of car manufacturing. It is. It, there's a yeah. flavor for yeah. everybody. There's more flavors of that than there are Porsche 911s, you know that? Just about. You're, you're just about right. So so let's talk about if you're not going to get WRX, then what? Because obviously, like when we talked about this this with the if not the GTR, then what? Right. We're not saying it's not a great car. It is a great car. So if you're not going to get a WRX, you have, let's say, 10000 in your pocket. You have 30000 in your pocket. Anywhere in that range, but you aren't going to get a WRX, then what are you going to get? I've got some interesting thoughts, but what do you have? Okay. I bet I can guess one of yours, but I'm going to tell okay. you mine first. And the first one is an Audi A4. Because if we're talking about this, I tend to think all-wheel drive yeah. sedan. So A4, yep. it's got to yep. be on the list. But just this week, I was reading from uh, somebody who commented, and I can't remember 
which video it was on, but they commented about the Mercedes uh, CLA 45 AMG and yeah. how great that car was. And I think it was for the recent STI piece that we shot. And why wasn't that car in there? And I thought back, indeed, we have driven I can that tell car. you why not. It was, well, price alone. Uh, it was $67,000. But um, Todd and I drove this car at June, uh, the Rocky Mountain Track Day at High Plains mm -hmm. Raceway mm -hmm. back in June. Yep. Mercedes it was very, it was great. brought this car. And as I've been telling the audience, I am growing more and more impressed with everything Mercedes is doing. Honestly, for years, I really didn't have any love. I did growing up. I love Mercedes-Benzes, something about them. And then I lost all that for a long time. And it's only been recently, within the last year or maybe two, that I've really started to come back around. Mm -hmm. And driving that car on track floored me. I mean, that is a really high-strung four-cylinder, uh, 355 horsepower, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it is high. And that car was a ball to drive all-wheel drive sedan again like we just said it is i think the monroney said sixty-seven thousand dollars for that thing here's the thing it's interesting you bring that up because i actually looked it up today thinking it might be Woof. an option but i knew it was more expensive the problem with that car in this discussion point is it is almost 20 grand at least more than the wrx yeah, i went online today actually and built one out of sheer curiosity Did i you? kept it performance focused but i kept it light on options and i came out at 55 grand i'm sorry wow. at 55 grand that's completely off the table it's out of discussion point it was incredible to drive on the track it, was. it cannot enter this discussion because it is just too expensive hmm. yeah i really loved that car but i'm I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you actually priced that out because even at 55000 my mind wanders to other things. I don't need the all-wheel drive oh, at that point. And so I think, all right, what else for fifty five grand? There's a Agreed. world of Agreed. options that you can get. I mean, all kinds of stuff springs to mind for fifty five grand. Even two cars for, yeah. you know, split and, that money in right. half. It's it's 355 horsepower. It was amazing to drive on the track. The gearbox was good. It was incredibly fun. It's too expensive for this discussion. So it's that's why it wasn't in the mm -hmm. Comparo, and that's why it's kind of out here, even though, honestly, very impressive with a lot of the same pieces of recipe. Yeah, yeah. For me, it'd be the Audi A4. It's definitely in that category. It's the far more refined car. It's what I want mm -hmm. the WRX to be, of course, you know, German build quality, German engineering, love it, and uh, they've been doing Quattro for a long time. They're just, yeah, you know, if, I mean, if you have that kind of need, Quattro, done. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing in this discussion is that most people, when they bring up WRX, it's because I need a car that is an enthusiast car I can drive in really bad weather. Right. So that kind of becomes a conversation point in all of these. I've got a couple oddballs that I want to bring up, but first off, I'm going to just stay Subaru and say, if you don't like WRX, what about a legacy GT? A lot of okay. the tuning right. tuning uh, lines that you would follow, the, the tracks you would follow to tune a WRX, you can do with a Legacy GT, and it is a slightly classier, a little more subtle version of the WRX in a lot of ways. So that's an option. You can, and like the WRX, you take your money at whatever price point you're at. You can probably find yourself a Legacy. That's an option. Hmm. I think the other one you've got to talk about here, and, and yes, I think your A4 comment is it's an obvious. You have to talk. It's A4. sort of obvious, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, and you know, it's because it's all it's it's checking all of the exact same boxes. Now, I don't think that your base A4 out of the box is is performance focused at the WRX in feel, but it is a nicer Certainly car. Certainly not. It's a nicer car, but you can go even slightly used with a more optioned out model, you know, more optioned out A4 or S4 or something like that, and. Oh, I'll, I'll go you further. You know? I'll stay on the Audi track real quick. I looked this up. I got curious today. I looked this up. If you want to go 10 years old, you can get an RS6. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love you that want, car. I and if you and if you want to go a little bit newer, and, and at this point, look, let me be, be honest. I'm talking thirty grand in your pocket here. This is not a $15,000 car, but thirty grand in your pocket. Go get yourself an RS6 if you want. That is a very hot yeah. Audi with a V8. You could also, with thirty grand in your pocket, you could get yourself a six-speed RS4. You could do that. Uh, thirty grand. I thought they were yep. closer to forty forty-five. You'd be surprised. There's not a lot of really? them, but they're out there. I look because if up that's today, the case, I got curious. Now I'm really intrigued, and now I'm going to start shopping yeah. for RS4s because that's got the I know gorgeous V8 out of the R8 I know that we love. We love that engine. That are that. Hey, here's oh, the thing. I wow. fully suspect that that car with high mileage is going to be expensive to maintain compared yeah. to the Subarus of the world, but the Audi RS4. For Ooh. roughly thirty grand, that is one heck of a car. It is a performance car. It's a great six-speed, fantastic engine. That is a real option for thirty grand. I've got some options that are for far less than thirty grand. For my thirty okay, grand options, else? though, you could do that. One more thirty grand option. While I'm staying there, you could do it. If you have under forty k, you've got lots of options. At thirty k, you've got some. The Porsche nine eleven, the nine nine six generation C four. You can yeah. do it. The 996, okay. Yes, so that if you've seen the 50 years of 911 film that we did, that is our least favorite 911. It's a lot of people's least favorite 911, but let me be be clear. It's our least favorite 911. There is nothing (laughs) wrong with it as a sports car. We talk about that in the film even. Absolutely we do. If you're just wanting a sports car, welcome to Porsche. You will be thrilled with that car. Yep, yep, yep. So here's the thing. If you like the 996, you really can do a C4S. I, I looked it up. C4S, 30 grand in your pocket. You could have one. It's because the 996 is kind of the wicked stepchild of the 911 line. It's the one that everybody says is not the is not like the rest of the 911s. The good news there is they're cheap. And as we talked about wow. before, yeah. if you talk about the IMS problem, that's what keeps people away from those cars. The IMS problem exists, yes, but the Internet's blown it out of proportion. It's not that common. It is also fixable. That's a find. You could have yourself a 911 C4S for 30, 35 grand. Absolutely. Well, I'm surprised you're not already shopping for him because Catherine fell in love with that car. And uh... my, my my wife did like that car more than our budget would would like it to, to have. Was, but I've actually got some other funny. options. She hammered on cheaper. That. Yeah. What, what else? What else do you like? Uh, I was really just thinking A4. I like that you brought up the RS4. I mean, you could go all-wheel drive from other manufacturers, you know, Mercedes and BMW. They offer their mm-hmm. variants of the all-wheel drive recipe. I'd yeah. come back to Audi, really, just because that's really the other option that you get. Um, I thought you were going to say Evo, because if not a WRX, then an Evo. Hello. Yeah, but see, but but I think that the problem with the Evo, and, and everyone knows at this point that I love that car, but the problem yes. with the Evo is... You are rolling the dice a little bit on a secondhand Evo because I don't think anybody buys yeah. those cars to not drive them hard. So that's point one. <laughs> or not tune. Point two. 
Exactly. Exactly. Can you buy it <laughs> stock at all used? Point right. two is that is even more hardcore than the WRX or even the STI. Yeah. So if you're yeah. looking for an all-arounder, that may be more hardcore than a lot of people would like to go. So I actually kind of started to swing the other way, slightly less hardcore and even less money. What would you come up with? So, Well, a couple. They're hard to find, but you could do Lancer Rally Art. Hmm. They don't resale all that well. It, I mean, it's it's the it's the lesser Evo. They don't resale all that well. They're not that common. If you can find one, it is the direct competitor in stats to the WRX, coming from the Mitsubishi lineup. You know, the lesser Evo. That's a possibility. Okay, all right. But I have I have two real wild cards that are cheap wild cards. Okay. One. I'm curious. Is the for, the forgotten car, the Suzuki SX4. I remember that thing. We looked at that at the LA Auto Show back when Suzuki was still selling cars in America. Exactly, and that's and that's, that's the gamble. Crazy. Obviously, it's a car that's it's an orphan car. Obviously, but I forget what the what the motorsports company was. But we drove one that was tuned on the track. We have a video of it from forever mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, where it was now a like a two hundred and fifty close to three hundred horsepower monster with a with a fairly cheap factory approved tuning kit that made that car a little beast. Yeah. So I don't think the SX4. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a solid all wheel drive system. It's not a great looking car. It's got kind of a high center of gravity, but it's a good, usable, all-wheel drive alternative. And then here's the wild card of the day. Okay, I'm very curious. With not that much money, fifteen grand, Volvo S60R. That's 300 horsepower, all-wheel drive, six-speed, fifteen grand in your pocket, done. Now you're talking uh, the S60 from the mid '90s, like the '97. No, 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 no. Oh, no, More I'm thinking that. No, I'm, I'm thinking uh, 850, that 850 turbo wagon. That's what I'm yes, thinking of. Yes, that's an old okay. sleeper. I'm talking yeah, yeah, 04, yeah, yeah. 06, that kind of range. Okay, So you're right. talking a 10-year-old car. Right. I mean, I think, I think they may have made them as late as 08, so it's obviously not a new car. But we are talking less than fifteen grand in your pocket. In some cases, ten you could get that car. So if you've got, if you want to with ten grand in your thought. pocket and going, what about a WRX? The Volvo's not going to be quite as frenetic, but it's going to be kind of a, a mix between the Audi feel, Audi A4 feel, and the WRX feel. It's going to be kind of in the middle, and it's going to be a total sleeper car. And it's got power, all-wheel drive, six-speed. That's a find. That's interesting. You know, there's you could go softer in terms of driving. You know, handling, driving, sportiness, that kind of thing. You could go a little bit softer and go yeah. towards yeah. Acura. Acura is making themselves known as, you know, differentiating themselves from the rest of the Honda lineup by offering all-wheel drive. I don't know how really much of driver enthusiast car they are, but then mm. I come back to the brand new seventh-generation Volkswagen GTI that we drove. I'm really curious about the new Golf R because that's going to be all-wheel drive. We yeah, obviously yeah, have yeah. not driven that. It's not in the U.S. quite yet. Um, but that could be really interesting. That's suddenly a new all-wheel drive, you know, a car. Because anything past what we're suggesting, you're on into SUV land. You know, you're into a, mm-hmm. an Audi Q5 or a Porsche Macan or something like that. And the SUVs, you know, even the Tiguan and the Escape, they're thirty grand, but it's just... You're you're out of the fun driving enthusiast car market at that point. So well, and that's the thing. A lot of a lot of the midsize sedans, even in the all-wheel drive world, uh, they're just less enthusiast focused than yeah. all the stuff we've talked about. And that's kind of the hard thing, hard part of this, because that's the thing that WRX does so well. Hmm. But I feel like I'm rattling on about options. Let's move on to actual people and talk about <laughs> Will in in California with his uh, WRX uh, dilemma. Yeah, Will, thanks for writing. You are. Uh 
own it. You are owner of an 03 WRX. And the reason you wrote in is because it's got to have some repairs coming up. You mentioned it's mm-hmm. got about $1,500 in repairs for, uh, looks like your air conditioning compressor and uh, first gear and reverse synchros are failing. And so you've given us three options, and those are yep. trade it in, fix it and keep driving it, or fix it and modify it. Yeah. And, of course, we could debate various cars that you're saying. You've mentioned that you're up for, you know, in the future, going for, you know, a loan instead of paying cash or something. So that could get you mm-hmm. into something nicer in the future. But reading through everything that you've written in, I think one thing only, and it's a car that really? we've mentioned prior on the show. Okay. Okay. It's not a car you can drive on the street, but it is a very fun <laughs> car helpful. that we expect. Very helpful. Now, here's here's the problem. Neither Todd or I have driven it. We only can guess what it would be like because it's a kit car. Where are you going? It's Where a kit are you car. going? This is Factory 5 Racing, oh. and that is the Project 818 named for 818 kilograms. That's how much it weighs. Will, you have the donor car, the exact That's year true. and everything that Factory 5 Racing recommends that you buy and then buy the kit on top of it. So what they do is essentially take the front axles, the engine, the front half of the car, that goes in the back of their kit car, and it becomes Mm -hmm. now a rear-engine, rear-wheel drive track car for They've they've created a mid-engine platform using the front axle and the engine of a WRX. And you're right, he does have the donor car. I I don't know how usable that is in reality, but you're right, he has the donor car in his life. You're absolutely right. You've got the donor car, so Will, hang on to that. Turn that into the project car and, you know, go non-Subaru, go somewhere else. You mentioned S2000 or Miata or, you know, a Golf GTI or something. Yes, go drive those cars. Go investigate what else there is that Hmm. you might like. And now you've got this WRX as the project car and you could have your track fun car. You've got half the equation already. So don't (laughs) fix it. Just keep that thing and turn that into your fun project car because... Seriously, that I'm so intrigued by that. So I'm too. I am too. I admit. I, I admit. I'm I'm intrigued by this whole kit car track car thing, and I will just mention since this podcast is being released on uh, Tuesday, this is when the SEMA show, Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association, holds the the aftermarket yeah. extravaganza. It's sort of like you magnetize your car and drive it through Pet Boys. Everything that can be screwed <laughs> to a car or <laughs> bolted to your truck or its wheels or whatever. This is SEMA show. It's open to the trade Magnetize only. Magnetize your car and drive it through <laughs> Pet Boys. I think I will write that down. That is horribly awesome. Well, it's just, it's wheels. And from what I understand, they're doing a little yeah. bit different thing this year where consumers can actually attend the show because generally speaking, it was to the trade only. It's yeah. a fascinating show. It's things you didn't even know people could think of. Ridiculous. But... There's always some great uh, stuff, and there's always a couple of complete eyesore atrocities <laughs> yeah. that you think the, the universe is going to cave in on itself yeah, because exactly. of this car. So all the uh, automotive outlets will cover this with a lot of photos, and I just found out about uh, Local Motors. You've probably heard of Local Motors before. They came out with the Rally Fighter a couple years ago. This was the crowdsourced car. Bits and pieces, it's sort of like the Franken car, but they built their own chassis. They have now developed the sports car platform that is a $30,000 track car Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. out. So look at the Local Motors site. They're going to be probably debuting this at SEMA. 
And just my, my head was in track cars and what can you get for sure. inexpensive, sure. fun. It looks kind of like a uh, Ariel Adam because it's got that sort of stripped away, exposed, sort of half-naked bike looking yeah, thing yeah, yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so check out Local Motors. I'm sure you're going to see press releases coming from SEMA, but... Uh, it's a it's a different direction, but Will, you've got half the equation. Keep that car. Don't get rid of it. Make a track you, car. Done. You and I have you and I have strangely changed personalities tonight. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why, because you went off into track car. This makes no sense in reality land, and I stayed very realistic for Will. I don't know that's why that realistic is realistic in terms of happened. price. Because well, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, hey, don't get me wrong. I, I I love I love where your head's at. I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. But that's normally my job <laughs> is to have the people that be the person's completely unrealistic. That is kind of weird that we switched thing. that. So yeah, I'm curious to know what your your thoughts are though. Yeah, here, here's here's Will's debate. I mean, he he has a car that he likes. But it obviously, I mean, it's the classic used car dilemma. I like it. It needs some work. Yeah. Do I dump it? What can I get for my money? He mentions in here later that he has roughly ten grand more than whatever the WRX is worth. And he's saying, do I keep it? Do I hang on to it till it dies because I've modded it? What do I do? Right now it's stock. So he could sell it stock mm. and probably unload it pretty easily. Here's my thought for you, Will. You've listed the do I fix it, do I trade it in, do I mod it? These are my questions. Here's what I think you do. In the short term, fix it. Just spend the money to get it running right. Hunker down. You're talking about hunkering down for years. Don't do that. Hunker down for six months to a year. Hmm. The difference between ten grand for your monthly payment and fifteen grand for your monthly payment is fifty, sixty dollars. See if six months to a year from now you could maybe do sixty bucks more a month in your car loan. So you can stretch that ten grand above your what your WRX is worth to fifteen grand. In six months to a year, sell that WRX for what it's worth. Let's say you only get five grand for it. I mean, you, you think you can get more than that because it is the rare unicorn that's stock. But let's just say you only get five grand. Now you've got 20 grand to work with total. With 20 grand in your pocket, you've got a lot of options. You could get all kinds of rear-wheel drive cars. You could get all kinds of, you know, all-wheel drive cars. You would have a lot more to choose from in six months to a year with 20 grand to use. I think in the short term, fix it, spend that money, drive the car another six months to a year, hunker down, see if you can stretch that budget a bit, and with 20 grand, totally different conversation. I like that you're thinking money rather than any particular car because, yeah, there, yeah, Will, there's probably a lot of things that you would like and a lot of different things. Who knows? Your taste might change, and something mm -hmm. that you previously thought you couldn't afford, now with 20 grand, the conversation yeah. is entirely different, and you think, all right, well, maybe I could get into something else that caught your eye. I, I like that you're thinking more in terms of just, yeah, save your money and six months to a year, your tastes change. I admit mine have too. So that's why and, and what car I, styling what I exists. Will here, yeah. Well, and what I, what I sense from Will here is he doesn't dislike this car. He's just going, sure. what monetary choice do I make right now? And I feel like the knee-jerk reaction choice is just wrong right now. Fix it. Get it running right. Look around a little bit, get your feet under you financially, etc., and in six months to a year, go. Okay, what do I really want? I mean, let's let look. I realize you're in California, you're probably not worried about winter, but let's just say, for sake of argument, you've got your all-wheel drive. Weather's coming. Hang on to it till next spring, early summer, and go. Okay, the weather's awesome. What would I like to do? And see what you can do. That's my recommendation for you, Will. Yeah, I hear that because uh, here, you know, fix and modify it, Will. You're listing a Cobb upgrade, short throw kit. Anything you do to tune that car, you're not going to get your money back out of. You're going to exactly. spend a lot of exactly. money up front on pretty nice components. 
that are suddenly worth more than the car. It's like when you see yeah. those low riders and the wheels are the most expensive thing about the car and you go, <laughs> okay, yeah, you're just not putting your money, you're not doing the right thing with your money. So I Fix definitely it, leave that. it stock, sell it in a little while. I think that's the key. Or don't sell it is. and now you've got half of a track car. Just save a little <laughs> bit more money and build yourself a Factory 5 Project 818 track car. The end. We've got Will. We've got Will driving around L.A. in a barely legal track car. He would love us forever. We would be his favorite people. Hey, we keep talking about Willow Springs. It's really close. You got Button Willow nearby. Go. Suddenly, track That's car. Awesome. If you get another car that could tow a trailer with your Project Eight One Eight car, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Will's just going to fall into money and just buy stuff. I love that. Let's move on to Ignacio writing to us from Brazil. Thank yes. you, Iggy, for writing to us from Brazil. You've actually become a pretty big fan of the show. Thank you. You're one of our patrons on Patreon. Thank you for that. Uh, you've talked to us about the fan of the show that you are. You've written to us a couple other times on other things. We just appreciate you being a fan of what we do. So least we can do is talk to you a little bit about your uh, your car debate discussion. And you, guess what? Going with the theme, you have a WRX. <laughs> guess what? Iggy, thanks for writing in. I'm, I'm reading through what you've said here. I'm almost embarrassed. You, I'm so glad you love the show and love what we do. We work hard at it, and uh, I'm really glad you wrote in because we do have some interesting suggestions for you. And by the way, I uh, attended my cousin's wedding back in 07 and went to Rio de Janeiro and really fell in love with it. So, viva Brazil. I really love that, and of course, every time we think Brazil, we think Ayrton Senna, and you know, maybe drivers just grow on trees there, and uh, <laughs> so maybe you're one of those drivers. And uh, anyway, thanks for writing in, and uh, this, this here's is pretty a couple fun. of things. Yeah, here's a couple of things I think is interesting about Iggy's situation. You've got an 08 WRX that you have modded. You drive it very hard. It's now a 300 horsepower WRX, so you're pushing STI levels of, of, of boost through your WRX. Mm -hmm. And and you've really got it dialed into exactly what it should be, and you find it's just not a car you love as much as you'd like. You've kind of gone, yeah, yeah, it's great, but I just want to love it more. So my favorite part about your email is this one sentence. <laughs> I've only driven fast all-wheel drive cars. How quickly would an STI kill? I mean, would it, would, would, how quickly would a first-generation S2000 kill me? I love that question. <laughs> that is pretty funny, although I'm shocked to read in here about tracking a car there. You mentioned about $1,000 per track day. That's amazing, but, man, yeah, yeah so brutal. no it's wonder brutal. that you're looking for something that's fun to drive, you know, just canyon carving, and do what we do. Mm -hmm. Take a Saturday, and you just go driving because, I mean, there's a worldwide yeah, oil glut, by the way, just... So you know, exactly. gas is cheap now. So I say, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. Burn no it problem. all anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I say leave the Subaru behind. There's lots to drive out there mm -hmm. that is so mm -hmm. much fun. And I hear you about the Honda S2000. That's interesting. But I'm going to go in a different direction for you. Okay. You've probably right. watched our BMW M3 review, and even though we would have liked to include more generations of that car. That E46 mm -hmm. is still one of the most fun-to-drive, lightweight, nimble cars that's rear-wheel drive that it's you great. probably yeah. get, into, get into for a decent price. Now, I don't know how many are down there in Brazil or how many you can find. Of course, I love the E92. The V8 engine guzzles gas, but again, gas is cheap and plentiful, so we have gasoline fights now just for the heck of it <laughs> uh, because it's so cheap. Just kidding. Um <laughs> M wow. M3. I'm thinking BMW M3. It's rear-wheel drive. Okay. It's All fun. Right. Yes, it's sedan-ish, coupe-ish, 
but man, we love the M3, love the new M4. So I'm thinking M3 for you. Well, I mean, it, based on what you've said here, it gives the, me the impression that you want to step out of all-wheel drive into rear-wheel drive for that that different weight shift, that classic yeah. driver connection. You want to do that. I think that's a great way to go. Uh, and so you ask your S2000 question, how quickly will it kill me? I mean, here's the thing. You've listed, you <laughs> list so three funny. cars in here. I find it interesting. Which t- The three cars you list tell me, and I, again, I'm going to talk in American prices, so pardon me because I know I'm going to get this wrong for your market. But the cars you're listing here tell me you've got around thirty grand to spend. You call out the FRS, which for you I'm sure is the GT86. You call out the S2000, and you call out the Lotus Elise as cars that really intrigue you. So let me speak to those three really quickly. Yes, that is a very different weight shift driving experience than your all-wheel drives you've driven, of especially yeah. the standard Subaru, uh, it, it will understeer at the limit situation that you've had in your WRX. Uh, will it kill you? It could. But here's the great thing. <laughs> so can any car, though, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. Here's the great thing. The Lotus, all three of those cars have the same problem, and that is if you don't do it right, yes, you will spin it. But what it's going to teach you, it's going to teach you different throttle inputs. It's going to teach you how if you put your throttle in at the wrong time, guess what? The back will come around. Yeah. I would say of those three cars, the one that will be the hardest to catch is that Elise. If you start a, a, an Elise oh, yeah. spinning, it is very hard to catch it. It will probably just keep going. Now, it doesn't mean you can't, but the steering rack compared to some of these other cars, certainly compared to the S2000 and the FRS, the steering rack on Elise is actually slower so what happens is when that back starts to come around, if you're not on it instantly or if you don't know how to catch it really well, yes, it will spin. But <laughs> the other thing about... 500-pound metal backpack that's going to throw you <laughs> off the cliff with the rest of the car. Not the, a good the, thing. The rear, the rear license plate says, what's going on up there? <laughs> uh, but anyway, but, uh, exactly. but here's the thing I would say to you. The, the Elise has also got extremely high limits. I think any of those three cars would be intriguing for you. The most forgiving of those three would be the GT86. However, you've been driving a 300-horsepower car. The GT86 mm-hmm. is going to feel disappointing in power. There's no way around it. It just flat out will feel oh, disappointing yeah. to yeah. you in power. The S2000 on VTEC or the Lotus Elise on second cam will feel powerful enough, but those cars are going to be less forgiving mm-hmm. than the GT86. You need a supercharged Elise to feel powerful. I, I feel like I need to get out and paddle every time I'm driving the Elise. Just It'll get there. It'll get there. It just gets really noisy above 6,000. I don't feel like a shove in the back. It's there is, good. There is, a, there is noticeable cam shift. It's not, it's not turbo power. It doesn't have that turbo punch. You do have to do supercharger for that turbo yeah. punch. But something about the Elise, unlike the FRS uh, GT86s of the world, and I would say even more so than the S2000, I think something about the drama and the noise and the racket of the Elise, it feels like a quick car, That's a good even way when of it isn't it. being quick. It just makes a racket. And yeah. <laughs> above 6,000, it just gets louder. And it does have more punch. I think it, it feels like a quick car no matter does. what you're doing. Kinda. It doesn't have it, – it's not going to have the, the turbo punch of your WRX. Yeah. It just isn't. But all, all, back to these cars and will they kill you, which I think is a fantastically funny question. My question for you is do you know anywhere where you could have a large, like a stadium-style parking lot? Because if track days are too expensive, I, I say get into one of these rear-wheel drives. But get into one of these rear-wheel drives cautiously. Go somewhere that's got some runoff room, like a big parking lot, and find out where it spins. 
just so you understand where it happens. Walk your way there slowly. Do your inputs incorrectly or your inputs like you have on your all-wheel drives just to see where it breaks. Do it somewhere with a ton of tarmac where you can just slide. Don't do this on a canyon road. You say you do canyon yeah, roads. No. Don't go looking for the edge of these cars on a canyon road because we won't hear from you again and we like you as a viewer. So, <laughs> yes. uh, But seriously, seriously, but I think those cars would be fascinating for your progression as a driver, but I would love for you to find a space where you can take them and purposely do it wrong, so to speak, or pu purposely push it until it breaks so that you can understand, okay, it spins and it feels totally different than what I'm used to. Yeah. Well, you and I have talked about how much we love track days and how much we want to push it even further, but there's always the limitation of we're driving somebody else's brand new seventy, mm -hmm. eighty thousand $80,000 car, and so there's yeah. always a point where we're backing off just in terms of, well, you know, we're not going to take the risk. It would be We'd like to be invited back is what normally happens. Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, what you're talking about is even a very low-level uh, road course or um, um, what am I trying to say? Just a uh, autocross. Autocrossing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, get yeah. yourself some cones. Mm -hmm. uh, Iggy, I don't know where in Brazil you live. In America, we've got, you know, wide open spaces and, of course, Walmart parking lots that are <laughs> vacated at night. I mean, people p park their motorhomes in these parking lots, so... You could probably, if you can, find this parking lot, even get yourself some markers, I mean, sticks or cones or whatever that is, and, yeah, find out breaking points and actually start testing for yourself so you start to get used to the car's limits. Yes, you're coming out of 300 horsepower. Getting into something similar, the front end in a rear-wheel drive car is going to feel a lot lighter than what you're used to. That all-wheel mm -hmm. drive, just the weight of it and the way it works mechanically it just sort of weighs the steering down. It just does. It's the inherent part of the way yeah. the car works. But, yeah, you've got to get used to the oversteer and, you know, how much throttle input to use and yeah. not saying well, how just, it's going to break. You know, do burnouts, but ease into it. But I, I think you're going to really start loving that more than an all-wheel drive car just for the tactile information, just for more information coming up through the steering wheel. And, uh, well, and, and, the, and the classic the classic shift you're going to be in, Iggy, is the fact that you know all we'll, we've joked about it in the Evo, we've joked about it in the STIs, and even the GTR for that matter. Your, your all-wheel drive thing that normally happens is when it starts to understeer or you need it to, to turn more, you end up applying power because mm -hmm. those front wheels are trying to pull you around. You get into a this isn't cornering like I'd like problem in a rear-wheel drive car, and you put your foot in it. Congratulations, you're now spinning. So, sure. You know sure. that that just learning. I mean, I, I'm I'm. I'm exaggerating, obviously. It's not like it's this extreme reality. But but if you're trained one way and you get in the other thing, you can overcook it. And that's kind of what I'm suggesting. Go somewhere, overcook it, and feel it do it. Iggy, there's uh, another thought that occurred to me, and that was the Nissan 370. Uh, Todd and I both recently mm -hmm. drove that car again, and it's been some years since we had. We reviewed the original 370Z when it came out and yeah, really yeah, came yeah. away liking it. The the latest iteration is pretty good. I came away really impressed, and the dynamics of that car kind of felt... You, you could tell it was related to the Nissan GTR. You really could. There were the three dynamic look, good things about yeah. it. There were dynamic similarities there. Look, as the Z fan and the former Z owner, I will say this. The 370's always been good. It's problem. It's Achilles heel, especially now with things like the S2000 being so cheap used, with things like the Elise being so cheap used, or the FRS being so cheap new. The problem with the 370 is it's too expensive as a new car. 
as a new you car, have to sure. shop that car new. Sure. As, a, as, a, as, a, as a new car, it's just it's wildly too expensive for the things it competes against in the market, with the possible exception, of course, people say, well, yeah, it's half the price of a Cayman and almost as good. Yes. Yeah, if yes. you're shopping for 70 grand, I fine. Mean, but I'm talking about people shopping at 30, and at 30, it's hard to get a 370Z. I mean, the good thing new, is that course. it's been on the market for some years now, so they're, You'll find you know, it is one. more yes. of a used car now. It's, you know, three, four, or five years ago, it wasn't that way. But I bet you could find one decent, you know, decent price. You could get into something That's for another good thought. 30 and under. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Great engine in that car, for sure. Great yeah, power. Great power. And I just, it was funny because I had it back on track and I thought, all right, I kind of like the 370. And I got back in and thinking, wow, it's like an old friend. I didn't yeah. realize it still had all these charms about the car and how good the power was and how well it handled and how well it tracked. I was impressed with that car. So that could be another consideration for you. Rear-wheel mm -hmm. drive recipe, yeah. and that is the sports car. I mean, that's been around for a long time, that you know, front-engine, long-hood kind of car. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. I wish, the, I wish the cabin wasn't so much of a cave. I mean, I feel like literally that doesn't have any better visibility, maybe even less visibility than the Elise. Yeah. I, I just, every time a minute, I'm surprised at how cave-like the interior is, but you can't get around the fact that dynamically, that is definitely a good car. Yeah. Iggy, there's other cars that are available in Brazil that we don't get here in America, like French cars. And uh, some of the stuff, yeah, you, there's available that we just don't get. So I, I would love to drive some of those kinds of cars. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's difficult to make recommendations for cars that we haven't driven, even though I kind of did on the prior <laughs> debate about track cars. Um, you just like mentioning French cars. You just, uh, you're, you just, just have this soft spot for, I want to drive weird French cars. I think I've got that, the soft a, spot a, for a that Peugeot RCZ-R. I know you do. Crazy-looking thing. Every time I see that car, and I I looked it up, and sure enough, it's available in Brazil. I want to drive that car. Just It's, it's weird and different in front-wheel drive, but... Yeah. That thing is that's, fast. That's Peugeot's whole selling point. Weird and different. That's, yeah. their, that's what they're selling their cars for. Yeah. Uh, all right, we should really move on. Iggy, I hope that was helpful to you. We're happy to hear more thoughts from you or Will or any of you that are, that are listening to car debates from us. We'd like to hear the things we're forgetting. We'd like to hear the things you're debating. Please keep writing in. Thank you for that. You can join us and follow us all over the web. If you're looking for us, it is slash Everyday Driver on Twitter, yep. on Facebook. Of course, we have our own website, everydaydriver.com. You can find this podcast on Stitcher. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it at its where it's actually sourced, which is shoutengine.com, also slash Everyday Driver. Yep. We've mentioned before about Patreon. You heard us a little bit earlier in the podcast mm -hmm. about Patreon, mm -hmm. and that is a website where you can just fund by project. So unlike Kickstarter, which is all or nothing, this is just at, at any dollar level that you feel like uh, you can help us out with. We welcome that. We appreciate it. We It goes directly towards making these films and funding the show so if and you making can help them us faster out, is the key yeah thing. make, make yeah. things faster exactly that's that's the biggest point and that's uh that's and we're going to keep going we're here for you so, guys we love doing it we're going to keep going but in order to do more we'll need help from some sort of outside source and so if you guys would like to be a part of that that's great please watch and share our films we make them as fast as we can we make them as high quality as we can we yeah. so send them to everybody you know as paul always says send them to your friends send them to your enemies <laughs> once again thank you all for listening looking forward to talking to you next week thanks guys